0: I'm here today again with Nathan Waters, Jesse Hudson, and Pastor Bailey. We're missing Zach Taylor this week. He's out on a little preaching thing, so we are going to jump ahead of him, I guess. We really miss Jackie, so we really miss Yeah. <laughs> Zach's a little yeah, a way. We don't know about him yet. <laughs> still questioning him. <laughs> but... Yeah. Lord's doing really, really good work with the podcasts. Um, it's broadening out. It's Yeah. It's I mean, we've expanded. We're no longer just YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Google. And a couple other, I think we're a total of eight different platforms you can listen to our podcast so it's awesome Lord's doing really really good work this New Testament confession thing has already taken off we've had so many people listen to it on Spotify I have a couple on
1: Apple and a few on Google so it's already people are already listening so if people wanted to find this and this is where this is not my wheelhouse for sure is how to promote this thing digitally and get it out so if people want to find it of course they can search on YouTube for Brandon Baptist Tabernacle or the Cherishing Scripture podcast but if they wanted to get that on on the Apple format or on spotify or different things where do they need to go to get that
0: they they should uh, i don't know if apple has their own but google has their own little app called google podcast you can download it and then type in just cherishing scriptures podcast will pop right up every single episode we have so far is there if you're watching from youtube i usually what i've been doing lately is attaching those links inside the description there so you can click them follow us you can download the episode listen to it on the go and stuff like that great pretty
1: good pretty cool and same, most people, same on iTunes, same on iTunes, iTunes as well, yeah. So most people nowadays, I, I'm, I think so there's coming a day when automobiles won't even have radios in them. Oh, no. You know, as far as antenna radios, I think there's coming a day when everybody's just going to Bluetooth yep. off of their phone because all the new vehicles have that Bluetooth capability. Oh yeah, so so they can get all that yeah. through that format. Eh? Yep, it's going to be all, it's awesome. I mean, it's already doing great.
0: Good deal. But today we're going to continue with the New Testament Baptist Confession. I think if you've got the site or the article pulled up, we're on paragraph nine and I think Jesse's gonna read that for us. Says, May not the ignorance and instability of many coupled with profaneness
2: rule our confession. We intend to disperse this confession in the spirit of diligent Christianity, even to those who arise in judgment against and condemn much of its
1: content. You know when we place that in the confession, I anticipated that there would be opposition to the confession I was exactly right. There has been some opposition. Some of it has been mild. Uh, Some of it has been well-mannered. But some of it has, you know, as it says here in this ninth paragraph, some of it's been pretty... Pretty downright nasty, you know, some of the things that people have accused and some of the things that people have said. Uh, last time we were together, I think we discussed the, the fact that we were going to place a new section on the New Testament Baptist.com website called The Objection. And we have placed that there, and that section, all it's going to be is questions or comments that have been made about the confession and a rebuttal to those or an answer to those questions to make sure that people understand uh, if you have objections we don't want you to be silent we want to hear from you you know we want to know exactly what we're what we're dealing with because if we're wrong we want to be able to correct that some of the objections have already come in you know for example we received one from a pastor who who basically said my church knows nothing about these issues and I don't want to make it an issue for them to have to be concerned about and for them to have to deal with. And so my answer to that in the objection section was that a pastor is like a shepherd and 23rd Psalm it says the Lord is our shepherd I shall not want leave me in green pastures beside still waters. So a shepherd has to go out and scout out a pasture and scout out the territory before the sheep are taken into that area. Otherwise they could be going to a wolf den, they could be going to a place where there's poison weeds or poison berries or all kinds of things and if they eat that it could it could literally be fatal so that shepherd has to go ahead of his flock to make sure that those areas are safe and that's what a pastor does a pastor has to make sure that he is sort of spearheading spearheading that congregation and taking them in a direction that he knows is going to be biblically sound and biblically safe so we're not telling people to be argumentative we're not telling people to you know to thrust this upon their church but the church needs to know that there are issues that exist here and these issues have to be uh have to be well scouted out by the pastor, by the shepherd of the church. Otherwise, it can lead to some pretty dangerous situations. I think that's where we encourage
0: the asking of the questions thing, too. We actually had somebody leave us a comment on one of the um, newest podcasts we did, The Power of Questions. It's actually from Adam. He says, the truth can withstand a challenge. He said, hereby the meter with which we gauge the validity of one's opinion, it can if it can handle scrutiny, then it is worth discarding.
1: Absolutely. That's one of the biggest differences between what we're introducing as New Testament Baptists and the old guard of independent fundamental Baptists. If you ever asked a question, pastor why do we believe this pastor why do we enforce this instead of an explanation normally what you would experience is a pretty strong scolding you know don't ask questions don't ch- because they see that as a challenge to authority so i agree with adam on that there's a there's a need for us to be open-minded and be willing to answer whatever questions come up in this situation otherwise we're just not confident about what we believe in we're just uh, we're just kind of leading the blind leading the blind type of a scenario again Right. The letters which Peter
2: had written in the time when he had matured and he had become through a time of hardship um, where he had said, uh, be ready to give an answer. Yes. And those answers were written in the context of persecution. And true biblical apologetics is birthed in the midst of persecution or at least in the time of opposition. If it's not full-blown persecution, there is at least opposition to that. And we as Christians are not... Just obligated, but commanded to, as Jude says, contend for the faith, and uh, we have uh, we have a responsibility not to argue, but to reason, and we come with our hands open, and our as the confession says, we intend to disperse the confession in the spirit of diligent Christianity. There, the spirit here is a, is a spirit of willingness to settle this like men, like mature men, and not argue. And this is not uh, a, a platform for vulgarity or, or a shooting platform or a smear campaign. We want people to, and if we're in the wrong, show us from the scripture. But as far as we know, we, we, we're trying not to call out sin, call out people by name, but to, to raise the scriptures back to where it is and let the scriptures defend itself. We we uh, we hear a lot of uh, pastors and preachers who try and defend the King James. And in a sense, I, I understand that uh, attempt and sincerity. But Spurgeon had it right when he said, the Bible does not need defending. It is like a lion. And it just needs to be let off its leash. Yes. So we, uh, we just want to do one thing. We just want to call Christians back to the Bible, back to the Scriptures. And if they be to the left and have gone, in a sense, liberal, or if they've gone too far to the right, sadly— um, we, we were trying in love we want to call them back, and we want to use this platform as, a, as an opportunity to discuss things.
1: And, yeah, and we're calling them to the right. You know, that's one of the accusations, one of the more profane things that's being among several things. One of the more profane things that people are saying is this constant, incessant accusation that our church has just gone liberal. You know, and there's even been talk about, you know, <laughs> one of the sections of the confession here, I use the, the issue of a, a woman's role in the church. I'm not talking about a woman in ministry. You know, I want to make that clear. Um, a woman's role in the church. You know what? Uh, what standing does she have in the house of God? And the answer to that is basically this: She's no different than the men. Right? You know, she has a saved soul. She can pray. There are certain ministry limitations that are placed upon women, uh, but those are very minor when you make a comparison between the complementarianism between men and women in the church. And so one of the things – one of the accusations that was made was, well, after reading the New Testament Baptist Confession, we're not even sure anymore where Brother Bailey stands on women in ministry, (laughs) which is an absolute – it's, it's hysterical, you know, but here's what happens. This is not, uh, this didn't blindside us. You know, I knew that this was coming because this is the major tactic of independent fundamental Baptists who uh, want to uh, destroy the statement of a document like this, or maybe it's a book that's been written or something of that nature, rather than grapple with the content of the statement, they would rather attack the messenger. And so, you know, in this paragraph may not the ignorance and instability of many be uh, a couple with profaneness rule our confession you know i've had background checks done on me i'm finding all this stuff out now um i've had people that are saying you know we got to start digging up the dirt we got to start finding out you know what we can to destroy this man's reputation otherwise this thing's going to gain some traction and we could all be in trouble this is already happening you know, it's been astonishing. You know, and this is nothing new. This is, if you if you survey the methodology of independent fundamental Baptists down through the years, you know, and next time we're going to have a guest with us, uh, one of our dear brothers here, Brother Don Venable, and he'll be able to comment more on this possibly as well, that down through the years, there's a pattern. If there's a disagreement, there's no substantial conversation, no real content-based conversation that will help us come to a conclusion like there was between Paul and Peter or between Paul and Barnabas or others. But rather, there's just this assault. You know, It's almost like terrorism. You know, if you're not going to do what we say, we're going to make you do it with threat and hostility. And uh, it's incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Uh, but at the same time, I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. I was reminded of Paul writing to Titus. It's, it's mainly
2: about how to battle with the Judaizers and how to deal with strivings about the law and things like that. But we can take a statement that Paul made to Titus in Titus 3. He said, avoid foolish questions and genealogies and strivings about the law. These th- The things that most of these questions come up, it's, it's foolish questions. Yeah. It's foolish statements. It's things that they it can't hold water. But let's get down to the real substance of, of yep. our arguments and that's the word of God and if you can't
1: back it up with the word of God in clear contextual information absolutely then it's... and again you know, we're not afraid of questions that's not the point if someone writes and says okay then tell us what do you believe about women in ministry we're glad to answer that question when you ask it in that way but when someone writes and says well we're no longer even certain about what Brother Bailey believes about women in ministry mm-hmm. that is, that's a way of framing that so as to cast Doubt on the confession itself. And I, I've underhanded. It's uh, it's non-constructive. There's no content to that. And so there's nothing we can do with that. But legitimate objections, we're happy to receive those. Uh, in fact, we have had a handful of objections that have caused us to step back and rethink some of the things that we've written so that we can say, wait a minute, okay, this, this brother could be right about this. And we've entertained those. And so we're not elitists. We're not setting ourselves up and saying, look, everything we have written written. written and said is right. You just believe it without question. We want them to be able to question these things uh, because that, I think, is going to produce a pure document that can be placed into the hands of people who uh, who desperately need to hear it these days. Another scandal this week. I mean, independent fundamental Baptists are unraveling. You know, there's been another sex scandal that came out even again this week of uh, uh, you know sexual misconduct against children that's being buried and hidden in ministries. And independent fundamental Baptists are, are notorious for this. They're among the top groups of religious institutions. That are covering these types of things up right up there with the Roman Catholics, you know, who the celibacy of the priesthood and all these kinds of things has basically destroyed the influence of Roman Catholicism.
0: Some of the people that have been listening have asked me a couple of times with this new movement, how can we um, show that we aren't going liberal? or that we are trying to stand with the truth. So I don't know if any of you guys know how we could answer that for them. Because some people are afraid that if we introduce this, the people are going to be confused. And like you said, there's some pe- pastors that say, well, they don't know. Some of their church members don't know what's going on, so they'd rather not introduce it. Um, so how do we make this people aware of this without making it seem like we are? Uh, well, I want to start with this. is that Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement has been around for a while. And it's
2: sad to say that there have been a... Lacks or a a sense of absent view of what is going on as far as scandal, as far as inappropriate pastoral administration and authority and and things of that nature. And through papers and through books and things of that nature, some men have probably brought this to light, but not in a whole, in a, in a, in a, uh, a broadcasted sense that we want to show or tell everybody that Hey, listen, something is wrong. There is fruit here that is not matching with Scripture. And uh, Galatians talks about it. We're seeing things going on that looks fleshly, not of the Spirit. So what we're trying to do here is just say, hey, have you considered, you know, the direction what this is going and looking in the long distance, where we come from, how far we've degraded, where we are now. Will this even be in existence in the future? Will we even have what is called, quote-unquote, church? Or will this be some hybrid in which just grave and weird abnormalities have just crept into the church? Where, how far? And, you know, we we, we almost like become the woman in Song of Solomon. We've fallen asleep. And what we're trying to do is just flip the light on, shine the light, cry from the... The rooftops, or as Nathan did in the Old Testament, he waved his finger in the face of David and said, "Thou art the man." We just don't we don't want to just cause opposition and uh, any problems, but we just want to call people back to the heart of the Scriptures and just just trying to awaken people, and uh, not really to ruffle any feathers, but it just comes with the territory when you when you deal with truth. There's just so much going on that is problematic, brothers. Uh, Taylor dealing with the youth he has a lot of statistics and a lot of numbers when it deals with this problem of teens they see through the lattice they see fakes and they know it and they're leaving our church by the droves why is that what has caused this to be the church should be growing why are we shrinking? Yeah. I mean, I've talked to my wife this morning. She said, our Sunday school classes are dwindling. Why is our Sunday school classes are dwindling? Why is that? It's sad that we are competing with the world. We shouldn't be competing with the world. We have the scriptures. We have life, life-giving word uh, at, our, at our hands. What was going on? And it's sad. But the thing is, is we need to awaken people. Blood will be on our hands if we don't. And like I said, it's not just an obligation. It's a commandment of scripture to tell not just the world about the gospel,
1: but to tell the church that we need to fix some things. And that's really the motive. You know, this is the New Testament Baptist Confession has been called caustic, it's been called argumentative, it's been called a, a lot of different things. But the motive, if we go back to two or three paragraphs earlier, the real motive here is that I genuinely believe that the gospel may be at stake in independent fundamental Baptist churches. There is such an outcry of people who are hearing things that are being preached as the gospel. I mean, they're hearing things like, I'll give you an example someone brought this to my attention they said brother bailey have you ever really examined the process of these people who are saying that they've been saved and filled with the holy spirit among independent baptists here's what we're seeing now we understand just not just the soteriology or the salvation of this issue but the pneumatology you know the holy spirit issue that exists here the process that many independent fundamental baptist preachers went through is saved called to preach Filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the timeline. Saved, called to preach, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now here's what that means that means saved and then listening to the call or answering the call, and then being empowered by the Holy Spirit at some undisclosed date later in their ministry, meaning that the early portion of their ministry is a non-spiritual ministry in terms of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the problem with that, okay? First of all, it's not supported in Scripture. And, you know, when these guys jump up and down and beat this drum about, uh, you know, you have to be Filled with the Holy Spirit. The scripture teaches that when a person is born again, they are indwelt yeah. by the Holy Spirit. Now there is there is it, and and it really comes down to this old saying. It has nothing to do with you getting more of the Holy Ghost. It's more of the Holy Ghost getting more of you, right? You being yielded and you be, but I use that as example because what we're seeing now is we're seeing men who, you know, for, for example, I know a pastor who was in ministry And was in ministry for years. I'm not talking about just a little while, you know, experimenting with ministry. I'm talking about in ministry for well over a decade, maybe even close to two decades. Then he gets born again. And after he gets born again, he just stays in ministry. And so I ask myself, you know, how can you rationalize that kind of out of order timeline that that is so contrary to Scripture? And so, you know, we want to answer these questions. We want these. We want entertain these questions. We're we're certainly open to these kinds of questions and even objections. But here's the bottom line: at the end of the day, all we care about is the preservation of God's Word. We don't care. I'm not. The terms independent and fundamental are. not— negotiable for me. The term Baptist is not. I am a Baptist from the top of my head to the solo. And by the way, that's another accusation that's been made is it won't be long. They won't be Baptist anymore. And that's absolutely untrue. We're not headed in that direction. In fact, we're getting closer to being what true Baptist should be than even uh, some of these other guys are. And so it's dangerous. I, th- I feel like we're, you know, the independent fundamental Baptist movement is on thin ice, and we have to be extremely careful, you know, not to. Uh, Dr. Ballou, God bless him. I loved Dr. Blue, and we sure miss him. Uh, Dr. Blue taught us when you're slinging mud, you're losing ground. And so, one of the hardest things that's going to happen in this New Testament Baptist confession experience, they're going to throw mud in our direction. We have to choose to take the high road and not throw mud in their direction. Wow. Fundamentally, we have to behave. Differently than independent Baptists do in Galatians. He
2: just preached one of the final messages in Galatians And it was about restoring the fallen brother and the one word Paul used to uh, describe res- restoration with a brother that has fallen into sin is you restore such a one in the spirit of
1: meekness, not in the spirit of grief and strife. And, and I love that next part, too, considering yourselves. Right. And that's where we, we're really at with this confession. One of the biggest downfalls of Independent Baptist down through the years is, is the inability to self-diagnose, right. to look at ourselves and say, what's wrong with this? Why are our Sunday school classes shrinking? Why are our churches disintegrating right before our eyes. There has to be an answer. Because if we were holding up the bloodstained banner and preaching right doctrine, then God would make sure that that church survives. Mm -hmm. God would shine his blessing on that church. So there's no considering ourselves. I think that'll finish up this paragraph here. Yeah, a lot Um, came
2: out of that small paragraph. I'll tell you
1: that. So what is that saying, big?
0: Big things come from small packages. That's right. So that's a pretty small paragraph there. But Pastor, why don't you tell us where we can, I'm pretty sure we hear this every episode we've heard so far, but give us a reminder one last time of
1: where we can find most of this information. Yeah, the, the website is www.newtestamentbaptists.com. That's Baptist with an S, newtestamentbaptists.com. And the new objection section is there. It's uh, it's small right now, but as the objections continue to come in and we have an, object, uh, we have an opportunity to address those, the objections. objections. Objections will be placed there more and more. There's a section there called Youth Truth, because if we're we're not getting this in the hands of our young people, um, we're just one generation away from extinction anyway. So there's a section called Youth Truth. There are the documents of the section. There are also the, uh, you know, there's some blogs and all sorts of different things. And so you can check it out, NewTestamentBaptist.com. And as always, I'll try to put those in the descriptions as well. If
0: you're going to listen to other outlets, I don't know if I can put them there, but I'll try. Sounds great. All right. Thanks for listening to Cherishing Scriptures Podcast.